It's our favorite time of the week as Raider great and radio analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins us on Unnecessary Roughness. It is our favorite time of the week, and we do it twice a week. We do it at Tuesday and Thursday, both at 4 p.m. here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And Lincoln Kennedy joins us now on the phone lines. And Lincoln, we've been talking a lot today about the defense, and I know, uh, as a matter of fact, that you've been on record of saying you thought the the best plan of attack for the Raiders' defense this year was going to be an offense that was just going to really outscore everybody. But when you look at the defense in general, I mean, how, how many areas need to be improved for this defense moving forward so they can at least carry their weight? Well, you're talking about for the remainder of this year or this game? Or, just or in what? general, yeah. Just this year and then obviously moving forward as well. Well, obviously, whatever system you have to, you, you decide to play, you have to find a way to generate pressure. And, you know, Max Crosby has been double teamed and sometimes uh, triple teamed and stuff like that. And, and you got to have a little bit of help. So you're going to have to have someone on the other side or someone else in the, in the defensive line be able to break one on one, break one on ones down pretty quickly. But more importantly, it's just you got to have. Uh, a system in line where you're not giving so much space if you're going to play zone, uh, so much of a cushion. And, and of course, guys are going to have to make uh, open field tackles a lot, a lot better. Those are some of the things that plague this, this defense. And, and, you know, notoriously, you know, just they don't have a lot of a history of getting turnovers, right. which is another thing. So they've got to win on first down, I think, uh, and, and put the teams in second and third and long um, to, to really have success. You know, they play a lot of that soft zone, and I feel like, Lincoln, it's really been killing them. Have they been playing that, in your opinion, uh, because they just don't have the personnel to play that, that up-close-in-your-face uh, bump-and-run man defense? Well, mainly also because of the linebacker situation. The linebackers don't do well in man-to-man coverage, so you don't want to get them isolated on a tight end. Um, and if you go if you go too small, like if you go nickel or dime, um, then teams are going to try to run on you, and that makes the things difficult. So uh, it's just not having the right personnel. And then, of course, when you try to blitz and you're playing, you want to play man-on-man coverage, you know, the Raiders have been culprits of a lot of penalties uh, as well as, you know, giving up a lot of yards and, and, and on what we see as simple routes but they just can't stop him. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. I know this is evaluation season. The Raiders have eight games left uh, in the regular season. How, how important do you think it is for Trayvon Merrick, the second-year safety out of TCU? I think it's really important because the system that he was originally brought into was a different. It was more of a cover three. Now, Patrick Graham wants to run a two-safety two system uh, and stuff, and, and, and then he's forced because of the Nate Hobbs injury. Uh, Merrick has had to come down and, and a lot of times play you know, coverage as almost like a nickel or, or a, a slot defender. That's not something that he's, is one of his strengths. Uh, he's used to performing in space, but you know they've got Harmon back there who's doing that. So uh, it's been a lot for, for Merrick. Um, the, the thing is, to me, is that they've got to get better. The secondary especially has got to get better uh, at covering crossing routes because there's a lot of times where receivers come open on crossing routes and the guys are bumping into each other or, or you know not, not doing uh, those pick routes right so he's got to do better playing in space you know and, and I know that as you mentioned that Trayvon Merrick is now in a different system than he was his rookie year and he's also you know coming back from that hip injury and I don't want to yeah. try to make any kind of excuses for him so do you see promise in him or are you pretty concerned about him moving forward I, I, he's more of a safety okay. than he is a corner or a deep, you know, uh, you know that that style of back or a nickelback. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that things would have been different if, if Nate Hobbs was, is, was in there uh, to help out. I, I, I do see a future because I know he can cover at least um, 
uh, hash mark the sideline. Not a sideline to sideline guy. He's not that type of safety. He's not that Ed Reed type of safety. But he can cover half. So if you put him in a, you get him more in, inclined in this uh, the two safety system that I know Patrick Graham wants to run, then then it should be better for him. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty on the Say Roughness. Demond's got one for you. The Raiders are just about last in all of the pass rush categories when it's pressures blitzing sacks do you think that maybe getting a strictly defensive in rush will help out the team more maybe try to get some speed and some quickness with the defensive linemen that they do have on the team well they tried that but you know number 55 hasn't been always been you know doing his his part of the bargain you know as i said max crosby's going to be double teamed and they're really going to chip and try to take him out and even with tennessee you know when they played tennessee tennessee had it was doing max protection they were keeping a tight end on one side and the back end on the other or two tight ends to help with uh, and everyone's kind of slowing down that rush. Well, the the problem is is that the the, the back end, the secondary is is so soft that you know you can't you you can you got to hold hold the, the guys down for at least three four seconds, um, you know, to to allow the rush to get there. Um, but they, they're they're unable to do that. We saw with the um, Colts in the previous game that they were the worst scoring offense in the entire league. The Denver Broncos aren't that much better ahead of them. With Russell Wilson coming in and the way he's been struggling, do you think the Raiders' defense, I know we haven't seen it yet, but they do have one win over them, be able to take advantage of some of Russell Wilson's deficiencies? Well, I mean, I think they did that the first time they played. It was, you know, taking advantage of, you know, Russell Wilson continues to struggle, and it's just not a good matchup. But, you know, the, the problem with the Raiders have is not so much the, necessarily the opponents they're playing, it's with themselves, the, the inconsistency. So there are times where the defense has gotten worn down because the inability or ineffectiveness of the offense, and there are also times where the offense has scored and the defense couldn't shut the opponent down. So, um, you know, when it comes to games like this, especially when the, the elements might be a little bit – Chile, it might be off a little bit. You know, you got to stick with the basics. You got to be able to run the ball and obviously take take advantage of play action when you can, and uh, to try to take advantage of the defense. But you know, the the Broncos have got the number one, I think, or one of the top scoring defenses uh, in the NFL. It's not if it's top five, but percentage wise, whatever it is, uh, it's just that their offense is unable. So you can't turn over the football, and hopefully, you can get some turnovers to shorten the field. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Now, looking at this game against the second time that the Raiders are going to be playing the Broncos, obviously. Every uh, division game is always played twice. But Lincoln, as a player, how, how much difficult or how much different is it when you play a team the second time? Well, it's it's different because they, both teams are familiar with one another. And, you know, for what it's worth, the Raiders have had the Broncos numbers the last mm-hmm. couple times they played them. Um, and, and, and it's been a good thing. And I'm sure the Broncos want to let that go. But nobody wants to finish last in the division. Right. So, you know, it's, it's going to be that much more difficult for the Raiders this time going up to a hostile environment. And plus, they haven't been playing all that well, uh, the inconsistency. So hopefully they can right the ship and, and find a way to get a win to have a better feeling coming home. What have you seen from Josh Jacobs? Because he's, I mean, he's five. And zero against the Broncos. The the Raiders have won five in a row against the Broncos, and he has a dominating performance every single time he goes out there and plays Denver. It's the same thing that you see when you go over the past couple of weeks when he's gotten the football. He's done everything he could, and and what what made Jacobs even better since his rookie year uh, was the fact that he learned how to catch out of the backfield more efficiently. And, and he's not just a, a back when you're in there running the football. So the screen game has been good for them uh, against the Broncos. The draw game has been good for him uh, against the Broncos. Um, all the things that weren't a big part of the play calling, 
Um, and, and then, you know, when Gruden left, it, it opened it up. So you see it a little bit more. And now the Raiders are kind of stuck with it. They're a little bit predictable. Mm-hmm. And it, you saw last week in the Indianapolis Colts game out, they had taken that screen game away pretty much. But the Raiders have got to do a better job of being clever and, 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 and effective when they're running them. So if you're the Denver Broncos, do you think they take this approach of, okay, anyone but Jacobs beats us this week? Yes, but it's also you play it to the point where you're going. They're going to put their best corner on Devontae, right? And you're going to have a safety mm-hmm. over the top. So that takes two guys. So someone else is going to have to come through. You know, someone else is going to have to make some plays. I know that you said that they're going to have their best corner on Devontae, but that previous game against Patrick Tan Jr., he did have nine receptions and 100 yards, and him and Josh Jacobs are obviously the two workhorses for this offense. What do you think is that ideal number when it comes to targets for Adams and rushes for Jacobs? Can be 60-40, run the pass ratio. I think they can be successful. I think they can win this game because I think they can play keep away from the Broncos and the Broncos struggle on offense. So, I, but but at the same point, even if you go 50-50, I don't, I don't really have a number in, in mind. Mm-hmm. But I know that this. I did. You look. There are plays they have designed for Devontae. If he's not open, you got to go somewhere else with the football. It's just that simple. You know, if if it's not coming open, you can't hold on to the football. The last thing I want to see Derek Carr do, and especially in this game, is try to hold on to the football for four seconds and think that you know that's going to that's that Devontae's going to get open by waiting that long, or just throwing it in in in, in ways uh, in a way where you know the defense is focused on number seventeen, uh, stopping him. So you know you've got some they've got some decent safeties uh, up there in Denver. So don't don't be uh, don't be so nailed in to get the ball to Devontae or Jacobs if it's not there. Lincoln, what are you expecting to see from the offense. We saw Derek Carr have his emotional moment at the at the podium. We heard Devontae Adams in the Raiders locker room saying that everyone wasn't all in. Uh, what kind of performance do you think they'll have the next time out, which is obviously on Sunday? I'm hoping they wake up everybody collectively. I mean, it's not just individuals. Right. You know, they, you know, coaches coach, players play, but these these guys have got to find a way to come together. And, and the, the best way to do that is success. If the offense goes out there and scores touchdowns, you know, things things will be easier. Things will be good because that's what they're built to do. Um, you know, they look the, the hiccup like they had last week in Indianapolis was n- nothing that we've ever seen. I mean, the fact that you know Derek Carr didn't complete a pass in the first quarter, never seen that. But they, you know, the the individual efforts where they ended up going backwards, penalties, and everything else. I mean, there's no play when you have what second down and thirty. Right. There's nothing that you, know, that no. you can call that they can come, overcome that. But the three three and outs. Um, in the first quarter, and like I said, with Derek not being able to complete a pass, defenses are going to take away Josh Jacobs. They're going to load the box. We've seen everybody do that. So collectively, even when you got that run called, everybody needs to make their block and needs to get their man and their assignment done. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As you said, coaches coach, players play. So what can Josh McDaniels do from the sideline as the coach, as the play caller, to try to make things a little easier, a little smoother for the Raiders, or at least early on in the game on Sunday? Well, uh, it, there's not one, you know, I've never been in, in a meeting room with Coach McDaniels and I never, you know, heard him critique or, or, you know, install an offense to say that what it is. But the thing is, is that, you know, if you come out on first down and you've got a loaded backfield, you know, you got Jakob Johnson and you got uh, Josh Jacobs back there, 
um, and, and you you know that that eye formation or that power eye formation, teams are going to know that you want to run the football. You know, and you got to have got to be creative ways to get out of it because out of formation, there's only so much that you can do. I don't know if there's a special way or the, to to call the game. I just know that you can't be predictable. So if you do line up at that formation, you might want to try a pass out of it or or something or you know some other screen. You have to get creative in the execution and the play calling because teams are going to start to pick up on what you do when you have certain formations in the game. When it certain when it comes to what you just said about being creative with the play calling, do you think that the Raiders that the Raiders have been a little too predictable this season so far? Well, they have because it's been inconsistencies and lack of consistency with players. Let's face it: on paper, before the season started, they had every position taken care of. You know, you, you were talking about tight end, you talk about slot, you got receivers, you got everything. You know, you got a quarterback, you got a running back, you got everything. But due to injuries and inconsistencies, it hasn't always been that simple. So uh, and not, it's not so much saying that they're predictable because we have seen some surprise plays. You remember the, the little fake that they had in Jacksonville and, mm-hmm. and Devontae came open on the wide open as the safety fell down You know, off of that play action, that little, the, the little thing they did. So there's been creativity. It's just been the inconsistencies that you've had time and time again that you're not able to finish games and that you're on the losing end of you know, one-possession games. Something that we've heard about a lot, a lot this week are the players having to respond in the locker room about all of the turmoil. Hey, Josh McDaniels getting the vote of confidence from owner Mark Davis. When it comes to you guys in the locker room, I know you're not in this Raider locker room in particular, but from your playing days, is that sense or what we hear playing for a coach, is that real? Yeah, I mean, it is real. It depends on what type of motivator he is. I mean, it depends on what type of person. Look, every coach wants you to buy into their system wants you to, to, to go all in with what they're trying to do with the team. doesn't matter if it's offense, defense. It's all, you know, it's all, all the same thing. But when you, when you hear guys of a, you know, fight for coach or want to go and play for coach, it's because they believe in the system and they think that, it, that they're, they're able to win. This is hard to say that you believe in it because it hasn't transpired in the wins. We expect that their record to be a whole lot better than it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at the bottom and looking up. So, you know, you, 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 it, it would be far different if the Raider locker room was like five. I mean, they were five and five right now or something like that. Yeah, as opposed to where they're at right now. Right. No, I agree with you 100%. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As we close things out, Lincoln, I mean, again, it's not anywhere where any of us thought it was going to be. Two and seven is not something to write home about. But if the Raiders can go to Denver, get the victory, you know, it's a, it's a sweep of the Broncos, six straight wins. I mean, how, how big will that be for the locker room in general? Well, it would be huge. It really would. Because then you could start, you know, feeling that you you, you got a fighting chance. Look, the tail end of the season is not going to be easy, especially with the teams they're taking on. But the Raiders have shown they can play with anybody. They just can't finish them off. So uh, a win always gives confidence. And I've never believed in moral victory, so there's only so much sunshine I could take out even even these losses. Um, but the thing is, is that a win will make everything feel better. Right, absolutely. Well, Lincoln, what uh, what game are you calling this weekend? You got one before Sunday? Uh, yeah, I'm heading right now. I'm heading to the airport to go call Cal Stanford on Saturday, and then I'll be in Denver. Nice. The band is on the field. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the big game. Hey, Lincoln, thanks so much. Safe travels. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, be well. All right, there he goes. Lincoln Kennedy right now. Uh, the great Cal Stanford. The old famous band is on the field game. There you go. Lincoln Kennedy's going to be on the call for that. That's really cool, man. I'll tell you, one thing, there's so many things I like about being on the West Coast now, but being in Texas, man, we never saw Pac-12 games. We never saw, I'm telling you, man, some of these games, I like had to stay up super late to be able to get some, you know, uh, Pac-12 after dark action. And, man, I always, and this is the other thing that I didn't like about being in Central Texas was the fact that 
the SEC gets one million percent attention. The you know the ACC will get some love. You know the Big Ten obviously will get some love. All these other Big Twelve, of course, will all get love, and nobody will look at anybody out west. And so when it comes down to even the year when Christian McCaffrey should have won the Heisman and he didn't, you know why he didn't? Nobody saw the damn games. Nobody watched the games. It made me so angry, and I knew that he was the best. Who who won that year? Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram. I won. believe so. Yeah. Yeah. He won just because he was an Alabama running back. No disrespect. You know I like Alabama a lot. I, I watch <laughs> Alabama all the time. But come on, dog. So I just love the fact that you get to see all games. I get to see SEC games. I get to see Big Twelve games. I get to see Pac twelve. I mean, I just I love the fact that I can see all the games now instead of just a select few because I'm in a certain region. To prove your point, UNLV Hawaii. You know the start time? What time? Eight o'clock our time. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Nobody else is seeing that game. That's eleven. That's an eleven o'clock kickoff on the East Coast. Exactly. They're not watching it. At ten p.m. in Central Texas. You know what? T- what I'd be doing at ten p.m. Saturday night in Central Texas? It wouldn't be watching UNLV. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be about four UNLVs in if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> at that point, four sixteen is the time. We'll come back. We'll get your calls. We'll get your texts. Vinny Bonsignor will join us at four thirty. This is Rare Nation Radio nine twenty. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 4.30, Vinny Bonsignor joined the show. He was inside the Raiders locker room a little earlier, provided us that Darren Waller sound. Good big ups to Vinny. We'll get his uh, feel of the Raider locker room, how the players are. And DeMond, you saw a tweet from Tashawn Reed from The Athletic and pretty much sounded like the Raiders locker room is pretty fired up, pretty excited, pretty uh, pumped up. And you know, from what we heard when we were listening to Darren Waller, it sounded like a lot of guys in the background were in a good mood, and that's a good thing. You don't want guys sulking. You guys don't want guys all upset and just real quiet, and that's how they react after a loss, not on Thursday, right, heading into a game week. But what was Deshaun saying on Twitter? Raiders locker room was pretty upbeat today. Lots of smiles and laughs, Super Smash Bros. battles, group convos, somebody in the shower playing 2000s R&B, lines up with what we've seen during the week this year. Just got to carry over to the game days. There you go. That's 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 not wrong. You know that energy that they have right now. Shout out to whoever was playing two thousands R and B in the uh, in, in the shower area. It's funny that he mentioned two thousands R and B. We looked up at the TV screen here in the studio, and uh, uh, Sports Center was on, and L Duncan's on there. And L Duncan used to be a hip hop DJ back in the day in the ATL. Now she does Sports Center, does a fantastic job. She's actually been a guest on the show a few times. And I looked up and I told Demond, I was like, damn. L. Duncan looks like Faith Evans today. So I, <laughs> I got that 90s, that late 90s, early 2000s. R. I was just waiting for like Biggie to sit next to her, you know? <laughs> Love like this before. You know what I mean? Like, that's all we were waiting on. I tweeted it out. I didn't get no response. So maybe <laughs> maybe she didn't think it was as funny as I thought it was. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's go. Going back to the text line that we have at 69187, keyword r from the 707. Great question for today, Q. I kind of feel like Sam Webb is flying under the radar. He's showing up on the field and starting to make some key plays here and there, much like Hobbs started out his first few games. I'm hoping Webb has a standout game with another forced fumble. Hopefully someone falls on the ball then, or a pick, preferably for six. But I just feel like he may become a pleasant surprise at some point and provide uh, that Graham defense and stop the uh, ridiculous cushions. And, yeah, 
Good stuff right there. And yeah, Sam Webb was the guy that I thought about, about, you know, flying under the radar. Just like to see a little bit more from him. Right, if we had seen a little bit more consistency, I felt like with Nate Hobbs, when he kind of broke onto the scene, we started seeing things from Nate, even in preseason. And I know he got more burn, obviously, than Sam did, but Nate started showing some a little early, and it was one of those, hey, we got to pay attention to this guy. I think he could be something. And then all of a sudden you realize he was. You talked to him a few times, and you kind of heard his mentality. And we got an opportunity to talk to Sam Webb in the locker room following the game on Sunday, and he just, I think Levi Edwards, who works for Raiders.com, actually you know, said, are you starting to get confidence? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I got confidence. I ain't worried about that. Or getting used to the game speed in the NFL. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I've been used to that. Right, exactly. I like that. Uh, also got a text from the 408. Well, Ziggler should have listened to AZ Radio. I uh, talking about Arizona Radio because they knew Jones was done. Five sacks in one game, then qu- went quiet the last year. Arizona didn't mind him leaving. Should have been a sign. Uh, again, that's a text from the 408. And you're, yeah, that's, that's true. And, you know, we had Andrew Brandt on right before the trade deadline. And one of the things that, you know, we asked them about was free agents and, and guys that are willing to be traded and, you know, the kind of moves that you make right before the trade deadline. And one of the things he said to us that stood out was the fact that when teams allow guys to be free agents and walk, there's usually a reason for it. You know, the first question you need to ask yourself is why? Why do they not want this guy? Why do I need to have this guy? So that's, that's the problem with free agency. And that's why I always say you can't build a team through free agency. You can fill a couple of holes here and there, but if you try to build a team through free agency, you're going to fail more times than not because there's a reason why they're free agents. And more times than not, they're just overpriced guys that aren't going to pan out. I thought Chandler Jones was going to do something, but I'm with you. We got the we had people on the show, on this very show, that said, yeah, not really a big loss, right? He did some good things the first game, but then not so much the rest. But we also had people saying, man, what are the Cardinals doing letting Chandler Jones go? Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like they're, they're not caring about this upcoming season. Right. I mean, it was going both ways. It was. No, it was. And, and that's how you know fans are always going to react because it's, it's a big name. Chandler Jones, and, and he's been a hell of a player ever since New England traded him. But New England, we talk about getting rid of a guy a year early. They got rid of Chandler Jones like five years early. <laughs> right? They just didn't want to pay him that money, so they said, yeah, we'll just go ahead and trade him, and we'll be all right. And they, they were. They were proven to be right. And Chandler Jones went on to Arizona and did some great things. Don't want to take anything from him. I remember the conversation we had with him the day he signed. That was one of the first things I asked him. We had the interview right here on Radio Nation Radio 920, right after he signed. He, ju- he jumped on the, on the phone lines and called us. And I said, did you, did you kind of feel like New England let you go a little bit early? And he said, yeah. Yeah, and, and they did. But that was to Arizona's benefit. Now, the Raiders are trying to pick him up or tried to pick him up and have him be a key cog to that defense. And unfortunately, it hasn't been that way. Again, going back to the conversation we had in the first hour with Danielle McCartan from WFAN, you know, again, one of the things that Patrick Graham's defense last year was able to do is get to the quarterback and cause some turnovers. Get to the quarterback, made some guys in the secondary that weren't really big household names pretty stinking good, including James Bradbury, a guy that we all... Pounded the table for around here. Said that that's the guy that you need to go get. What's he doing in Philly? Oh, he's doing spectacular. Pro Football Focus had him and Darius Slay as the best uh, cornerback tandem in the league. Just saying. That was one that, that we hit on. We hit on. And when I say we, I mean me and you. Because <laughs> we were here on the show talking him about him. We were on the show talking about him, that that would be a good addition to the Raiders and Patrick Graham's scheme. And it just didn't, obviously it didn't work out. Philly got him. The Raiders didn't. And, well, the rest is history. Mailman Raider hit us up. Q, 
He hasn't been perfect. No player is, but I think Amik has flown under the radar. I think he's earned his spot on the roster next season. He can only grow. He's still very young, and he's shown a knack for the ball. And to think we didn't think he was making the roster this year. I'm on the Amik train. That's from the Mailman Raider. I will be the first one to stand up at the pulpit and say, I was that guy. What they say in, 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 in life? I be the pappy. <laughs> <laughs> I be the pappy. I was the one. I said it right going into that fourth preseason game before I headed over to Legion Stadium, that game against the Patriots. I said, this is Amik Robertson's last game as a Raider. Mm-hmm. I said that. I said that with, with, with pride, with confidence. I told Amik that. I told him that. I had no problem with that. I told him, hey, didn't even think you were going to make the squad. Even after the game, he wasn't sure. He was like, hey, I left it all on the field. He has done a good job. Has he had some blips here and there? Sure. You know, one including last week. Right? I mean, he, he, he allowed Campbell to get to the end zone on a slant that should have never happened. I get it. But he has been good. I'll give I, That's a good text, Mailman Raider. I, I give you a lot of credit for that. He, and I'll say, I'll take the pride good. and say I was one of the day you, ones. You had his back. You had his back. I remember me and you both went back and forth, and you're like, dang, man, you killed him. I was like, well, I just don't, I don't see it. Again, I've been wrong. Been wrong before. I'm okay with that. Very comfortable. Still going to fall asleep at night and be all right. Ain't going to keep me up at night. <laughs> I will say this damn cold weather will keep me up at night, man. Jeez. Turn the heat up. Man, it's already up. It's already up, but, man, it's so cold. Right, my toes get cold. Got my socks on and everything, and I'm just – the wife, she didn't fell asleep. She got her hoodie on. She falls asleep and everything, and I'm just like, man, it's cold. Your back starts hurting because, you know, your, your bones start getting – man, I'm getting old. Hold on. So your feet are cold. Yes. But you have socks on. Yeah. I wear socks year-round. Wife hates it. I wear socks all year long. All year long. All year long. You wear socks to bed? Yes. I don't know. It's a little weird to me. You don't wear socks in the studio. What are you talking about? You didn't even have no shoes on last Friday. All right, everybody text in. Do you wear socks to bed? (laughs) Yes, because the heat comes out of your your feet and your head. There's two areas that the feet or the heat escapes out of your body. Your feet and your head. So, yes, I wear socks on my feet to bed all year long. I don't care if it's 150 outside. I still have socks on. I just don't like the – it just feels weird not having socks on. I wear socks with slides on. I don't care. I'm comfortable with that. I'm, I'm dog. I'm the most comfortable cat in my own skin, brother. So <laughs> I am, am I. So, I. Yeah, clearly you ain't even got socks and shoes on in the damn studio here. That's got all kind of stank on it. Not wearing socks right now. But you have shoes on, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Last week you didn't even have no damn shoes on. That's when no one's in here. I, I got respect, courtesy. Come on now, Q. I'm no monster. I'm just saying you're walking around and God knows who what. And I mean that like I said it. God knows who what. Because that floor, <laughs> this ain't the brand new studios, brother. We ain't got those yet. This floor has a little sticky, icky, icky, and it ain't, <laughs> it ain't the none of the cannabis kind. I'm just saying. Speaking of cannabis, Raider Fish in Berkeley is getting... <laughs> What's on your mind, brother? <laughs> hey, man, I see how you did that, <laughs> You know what? Hey, that's pretty clever. You made me dang near forget what the heck I wanted to talk about. But, uh, oh, yeah, now I remember. Uh, I want to shake up the roster of taste, okay? So we already have J.J. and them in the backfield. We want to change that to J.J. and J.J. and them and them, okay? I want to see a little Jakob back there as an escort. I think we need to go run heavy, okay? And now's the time. You want to run these uh, sweep-arounds and run-arounds and end-arounds? Well, put Turner the Burner in there. This is the game to do all that. And Amik Robertson, I like him as a punt returner and a kick returner. 
And sometimes the answer to our woes is in music. So I got two songs. We go way back in the crates. We got uh, the Do Run Run by the Crystals and Born to Run by uh, Leonard Skinner. Change up the genre. You hear the common denominator? Run! We got to run the ball this week, baby. Hey, we're going to be run heavy. Because when we won the two out of three, uh, I don't know how many bleams ago, we were running that rock, baby. So uh, that's that's my shake up and break up and make up and show up and show out and holler. Just win it, baby, when you go out. Raiders. There he goes. Raider Fish in Berkeley. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. I like your little shake up and break up and make up the break up and shake up and all that good stuff. Uh, and run, run, and run the ball some more. Nothing wrong with that. Joining us now on the phone lines. Uh, he was in the Raiders locker room a little earlier th- today. Now he's on our phone lines. That is our good friend Vinny Bonsignor from the Morning Tailgate. And of course, the Las Vegas Review Journal puts out a lot of fantastic work. And Vinny, I was a little shocked that you guys were able to uh, catch up with Darren Waller, but I, we heard it. We played the audio that you sent over. What were your biggest takeaways from talking to Darren this afternoon? Yeah, um, you know, I know that he and Derek talked uh, about things, and, um, you know, some things were said and some things were implied, um, and they were able to talk it out. And, you know, Derek, or, or Darren's a, um, he's a very um, balanced person, you know, uh, and he's found balance in his life. Um, and so, you know, he got the answers that, that he felt he needed to get. Um, it sucks to him, obviously, that uh, there are people who are sort of casting him in that light or doubting uh, his commitment, um, you know, wondering if he's uh, not doing everything that he needs to do to get back on the field as quickly as possible. Uh, but it is what it is. He knows who he is. He knows how hard he's working uh, to get back out there um, and wants to get back out there. So uh, in his mind, um, you know, it's time to move on. And if people have those types of feelings, so be it. He's not going to let it affect him. Uh, and his work uh, or his life or anything along those lines and just try to stay uh, balanced and positive. Vinny, I heard you this morning on the morning tailgate talking with Ricky Williams, the uh, you know former Heisman Trophy winner, and obviously had a long time, long career in the NFL. And you asked him about social media and the pressures of social media. And then we heard from Darren Waller today that he's basically not in charge of his Instagram. He basically doesn't have ESPN app on his phone. He's not paying attention to that stuff. He doesn't want that extra added pressure. What did you think when you heard that from Darren? Yeah, I, I think it's the right way to be uh, in today's age because you can get. And I know we do sometimes, too, Q. Uh, I know I do. Um, you know, what we do is very public and it's very out there, and it's not always going to be agreeable uh, to what people, um, you know, uh, want to see, want to read, want to hear, whatever the case might be. Um, and sometimes we get sucked into engaging and going, doing the back and forth. Uh, and I always find myself going, why did I do that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. And I think for a professional athlete or from, for somebody that's in the public eye to that extent where everything you do is judged, graded, and, and your performance either angers somebody or makes their day or whatever the case can be. Uh, and whether it's good or bad, they're going to kind of express those feelings. Uh, and you get caught up in it, and, and it's a bad place to be sometimes, especially when things aren't going good. And people behind their keyboards or on their phone are a whole lot more courageous than they are in real life. And they'll say things to cut you down, and it can affect you. We're human beings, and that's what, that's what um, Darren was talking about. Like, look, I'm a human being, so if I do get sucked into that, um, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to, I have emotions too. I have feelings as well. Uh, And if you allow yourself to be owned by that and to be part of it, you know, you're going to feel the damage. You're going to feel the hurt. So in his mind, which is a good thing to do, and I I almost stress a lot of uh, people in that realm uh, uh, do the same thing, 
just don't even be part of it. Just don't allow it to be part of your existence in your daily life because invariably you're going to do something that disappoints or angers somebody and you're going to hear about it and that could really affect your psyche. Yeah, uh, one of these days I'm going to be as smart as Darren Waller and others that decide to uh, ignore <laughs> social media because, man, I get I get sucked into that cesspool and, and go down yep. that rabbit hole and you can't get out, Vinny. I mean, you can't. You know, right. it's like... You waste, you waste so much of your time. Again, Vinny Bossignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, ask your tag team partner, Adam Hill, yesterday about Devontae Adams' comment about, hey, Sunday's supposed to be the most fun day of the week. Tashawn Reed, he put out a tweet about how it was good vibes in the locker room today. Were you able to see some of that? And do you think that this Raiders team, that the disconnect is just more on the field X's and O's wise rather than guys not getting along and being and having beef with each other? Yeah, no, I don't think that anybody dislikes each other or anything like that, or there's any any of that kind of beef. I think, and what Devontae was trying to say was, uh, especially in these critical moments, and if we're being honest, if you throw out the Saints game and as Derek Carr said, hey, those games happen from time to time to every team in the course of the year. You're just not going to have it for whatever reason. Throw that game out. Every other game, Demond, has come down literally to a Raiders' last possession that. They, they, they could have won plenty of those games that came down to that. And, and what they haven't been able to do, for whatever reason, is execute at a high level in those key moments. Now, that, if they had, it still doesn't take away from the fact that they got to fix the offensive line and they got to you know, fix that defense. But winning can sometimes overcome uh, some flaws. But for whatever reason, they haven't been able to do it. And as far as you know, the way Devontae sees it, he feels like some guys might be putting a little bit too much pressure on themselves in those moments and those are the moments where you have to have you have to relax and have fun and just do what you know that you were put on the planet to do in some cases and what has gotten you to the highest level uh, on the planet uh you know football level on the on the planet and just go out there and execute with a free mind and have some fun and do it and he feels like maybe that's not been happening maybe you guys are getting too stressed out in those kind of situations. There's guys that can handle it or have handled it and have the experience of handling those moments. And there's other younger players, and this is a very young team, especially when you take a Darren Waller out of there and a Hunter Renfro uh, out of there. There's a lot of guys that just haven't done it at this level. As Devontae said, you know, you put 70,000 people in the stands and the bright lights of the mm-hmm. game, sometimes that changes how you uh, approach things. So, yeah, I think the sentiment this, this, this week so far has been just relax, breathe, Let's have some fun and let's go play some football. It doesn't guarantee anything, of course, but at least they're going to try to have a little bit of fun, try to make the most of it that they can of the rest of the season, uh, and just enjoy the moment a little bit more. And another question I have about just the relationships on this team. Devontae Adams earlier, he did mention, or yesterday, he mentioned how this isn't a high school team and this that buy-in factor when you have all of these adults. You know, everybody's at different stages in their career and their lives and their players and how things affect them on the field. But I'm not asking for any player in particular, but just the guys that aren't the stars. Because we hear Derek say, hey, I love Josh, have a great relationship with Josh. Devontae Adams has a great relationship with Josh McDaniels. What do you think his relationship is like with those players on the team that aren't the stars? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems to be, um, you know, uh, fine and, and, and good. That doesn't mean you're best friends or anything like that. Nobody who works in a company or in an office is going to be best friends with everybody in the office. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't mean you're enemies either, though. It's just, I don't roll with that guy, whatever. I kind of know him. He's cool. You know, I'll, I'll be polite to him. But that's the, the, the end of our relationship is the end of the workday. Um, but the other thing that, that I think that Devontae was alluding to in that uh, buy-in part of it 
you know, everyone's gotten here doing it the way they've done it, right? And it's been successful for them. So it's hard sometimes to get people at this level to change when what's been working or what they've been doing has worked to get them to the highest uh, level in football. Now, the other part of that is you might be thinking, you might think, hey, I'm working uh, as hard as I can. Um, and I think that's kind of what he's talking about, when in reality, no, there's, there's, you can work a little bit harder. There's always a higher place to go to when it gets to that point, and you have to get to that to win at this level. And so I think when, when you're talking about the buying, it's not so much, gosh, I don't like this scheme or I don't like this coach. It's, it's are you buying in enough to work as hard as you can, whether it's in a classroom, the weight room, taking care of your body, eating, getting the right amount of sleep. And I think that that's what he's kind of talking about. Because, when you again, when you look at everybody in that locker room, whatever they've done in the past, whatever work ethic they've had, whatever, however hard they've studied, whatever they've done has gotten to this point. And this is pretty high level of football right here, obviously. So in their mind, maybe they're like, but I don't have to change. It's gotten me to this level. Well, okay, you, it's gotten you to this level. But to succeed at this level, there's a higher level you need to go to. And I think that that's what they're trying to to stress, especially to some of these younger players. There's a higher level level to go to, especially in those critical moments and doing the right things Monday through Saturday and then on Sunday. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, you can catch Vinny every single weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on Radio Nation Radio on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. And, of course, all his work is in the Las Vegas Review Journal. Does a fantastic job with both of those. And so, Vinny, as far as this game goes, and we just got a text about Jerry Tillery, uh, do you think that the Raiders will uh, trot him out at all this week? I I think they have to. I mean, you know, um, the defense is, is different, but not all that different. Uh, he's, he was brought in here uh, to, to add pass rush uh, in the interior of the defensive line. It's one of the things that he does pretty well, uh, actually. And to be honest with you, he's instantly the, be- the Raiders' best interior pass rusher, for, without question. Now, the run game is a whole other issue, mm-hmm. uh, but he could get after the quarterback. And so, yeah, I don't see any reason why he's in shape. He's been playing all year. Uh, he's been practicing all year. It's not like he's coming off an injury. Um, I'm sure they can find something within. He's a really smart kid too, by the way. Uh, I'm sure they can find something over these, you know, the, the, the three days that he's here, and, and you know, Friday and Saturday, to kind of put him in a scheme that that he's going to feel comfortable in and do what he does, which is get to the quarterback. You know, Nate Hobbs is scheduled to come back next week, so without him, you're expecting to see, what, maybe Sam Webb a little bit more. Uh, Saw some good things from him last week. Uh, Meek Robertson, of course, is out there doing his thing, and Rock is out there doing his thing. But Sam Webb in particular, man, what what do you think about Sam moving forward? Do you think maybe the the Raiders have themselves a little diamond in the rough? Yeah, uh, I think we saw that in training camp, Q. Um, He was always the guy that seemed to be where he needed to be and was playing with uh, a physicality and kind of a maturity uh, as well. He's not going to be perfect. He's a rookie, undrafted rookie uh, at that. But I, I think the growing pains are worth it because I think what you just said, they feel like they've got a, uh, a diamond in the rough here. And it's probably time to get him on the field. We saw uh, him getting uh, you know more snaps last week, frankly, than Anthony Averett. So there might be a little bit of a changing of the guard right there where they're going to give the young guy uh, a little bit more time, deservedly so. They've made it a point that, hey, you get on the field by how you practice and what you're doing uh, in, in that regard. So I think this is a great opportunity for Sam to show that, again, there's guys that are going to be part of this train ride moving forward into 2023, and there's guys that aren't. 
Uh, is Sam Webb going to be one of those guys? He's got a golden opportunity to prove that he can. And Vinny, before we let you go, I'm glad you mentioned about the train ride heading into 2023. Uh, just on Wednesday, we talked to head coach Josh McDaniels, and we'll talk to him again tomorrow, but we talked to him on Wednesday, and there was a lot of conversations about building, building, building. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on what he had to say as far as trying to build this team, not only to be successful one year, but to sustain it and have a successful team for multiple years? I think this is what this is the, the whole thing is all about. Um, look, if Mark Davis thought that everything was working, everything was great, why didn't he would have just kept Rich Pisaccia and Mike Mayock and continued on? He understood that there was work that needed to be done. You know, the Raiders played well enough last year to overcome some flaws, and we all saw what those flaws were. The defense last year has given up the same amount of points that they are this year. There's holes in the defense that need to get fixed. The offensive line uh, wasn't very good last year. They've tried to make some changes. It hasn't really worked that much this year. That's an area that they're going to have to uh, address. Um, so even even a successful season this year uh, wouldn't wouldn't overshadow what some of the flaws and some of the holes in this roster still are and still exist. No matter what the record was going to be this year, I think it's safe to say, especially now after we've seen it, there's work that needs a lot of work that needs to be done on the on the defense. Uh, there's I think a couple of positions that need upgrading on the offense. Um, and, and, and that's what they're focused on doing. And that's why Mark Davis is not judging this on wins and losses, at least through this first year. That'll change at some point. It has to. But this was never going to be a one-year deal, whether it was good or bad. This is about a future. Uh, and I know that Dave Ziegler understands that. I know Josh McDaniels understands that. And he's talking about keeping one eye on winning as many games right now but also another eye on the bigger picture, and that's building a Raiders franchise that doesn't sneak into the playoffs, that doesn't play a bunch of close games that you need uh, your, your, your kicker to, to win at the very end. You're going to have to win some of those games, but not the majority of those games have to come down to that close winning or losing you know, close games. They want to be a team that can dominate. They want to be a team that's going to be talked about perennially as a playoff contender and even a Super Bowl champion uh, contender. That's what their goal is. And it takes time to get there. And it, it, that's in spite of making the playoffs last year uh, or had this year turned out to be uh, another playoff run uh, or not. They want to be a perennial playoff contender. And they're not close to – well, I wouldn't say they're not close to being there. They're probably a little bit closer than people actually think. But they're not there yet, and that's what they're trying to fix. Vinny Bonsignor, obviously you can find him on the Las Vegas Review-Journal writing all his work and, and the morning tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920 uh, a.m., 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. What do you got coming out? What do you, what do you need to be or what are you doing this evening? What do you, you need to be on the lookout for, Vinny? What you got going on? Heading over to uh, the Rockstar to watch uh, some Green Bay Packers and Tennessee Titans football, so we'll be out there having a good time uh, tonight on Thursday, obviously going to Denver this week, so um, – Interesting game, uh, you know, this week against the uh, against the Broncos, and and it's a game to me that the Raiders need to win, should win, have to win. Uh, they're not going to the playoffs. I mean, it would take a miraculous, you know, uh, a, a good good fortune for that to happen. But they need to start being rewarded for some of the hard work that they're putting in, uh, and be able to put a smile on their face and enjoy a Sunday afternoon. Which, as Devontae Adams said, that's supposed to be what this is all about. And so uh, I think they have a pretty good chance 
to leave Denver with a smile on her face. You know what, Vinny? Before I let you go, let me ask you this. We just got a text about uh, a guest we had earlier on the show today, Danielle McCartan from WFAN uh, in New York. And she we had, had her on the show in the offseason talking about Patrick Graham's led defense, and she wasn't a big fan. Today she wasn't a big fan, you know, and she's recognized there's holes on the Raiders' defense but also said she wasn't a big believer in Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator. Uh, how, how important do you think it will be for him to get some – pieces in place that he could work with to build the defense in the in the shape that he's looking for and do you think that it will translate into a really good defense on the field yeah i mean it's a great question and uh i think it's i think it's safe to say you know when you look at the pass rush and you look at some of the uh some of the issues that the raiders are having are, are having defensively that you can't necessarily put that on patrick graham to me it's a talent uh, issue first and foremost but we then have to see with talent can Patrick Graham get the most out of that talent, um, you know, and, and even elevate uh, that talent with his schemes and with his game calling and all of those types of things? We have yet to see that here uh, with the Raiders. Um, I think, you know, people in New York probably have a better, better idea about that because he did have some good players uh, with the New yeah. York Giants, or at least I think more, more better players than he has here. Uh, but to me, it's, it's, it's to be determined. You know, we, it's unfair, I think, to judge him from a Raiders perspective, perspective given the talent he's had to work with. Um, and I think he deserves the opportunity to get more talent to show what he's all about. There you go. Well, Vinny, great stuff as always, my man. I definitely appreciate you. I know you'll be doing your thing. And also have safe travels when you head to Denver uh, this weekend for the game on Sunday versus the Broncos. All right, guys. Take care. See you tomorrow, Cube. All right, brother. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, fantastic stuff right there from the Raiders locker room to uh, the phone lines with us uh, here to provide his insight. Good stuff from Vinny. Definitely appreciate him, as always, on Twitter, at Vinny Bonsignor. You can check him out. I don't know how long any of us are going to be on Twitter. Apparently, Twitter is, like, crumbling and falling apart at the seams. Yeah, it's not looking good. (laughs) 4.48 the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. We're going to go immediately out to the phone lines because I want to close the show with a couple texts that we got that are pretty funny. But I want to go out to the phone lines, make sure we get this call in from my guy Tim in Texas. Actually met him on uh, Monday at the OYO. Tim, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hello, how y'all doing? Uh, We're blessed. Uh, It was nice meeting you coming all the way down there and getting disappointed, but... um, I appreciate you. I appreciate your hospital. Uh, you you um, you talked to me when you was leaving out and everything. I appreciate that. Um, but I was going to call. Uh, I just wanted to. I don't know if you already did this, but I was just talking, uh, thinking about some memories that I have uh, going to Broncos games and Raiders games. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I used to go to Denver a lot to watch the Raiders play because it was closer, mm. and uh, they would always play right around my birthday. Uh, and I went when I when you saw me the other day. I was down there for my birthday. Nice, but, happy um, birthday! Yeah, but, but uh, thank you. But uh, um, I just remember I was at the game when Lincoln Kennedy had, uh, beat up that uh, that fan. <laughs> I was sitting right there when he was when he was beating him up when they were throwing uh, snowballs at them that had batteries and stuff in them. Yeah. And then I was at the game when when, when uh, Rod Wilson ran it back uh, for a touchdown uh, and, and put us back on track. I, I, uh, I hope this I hope this game in Denver puts us back on track like that game did. Um, I know we got to win eight in a row. Uh, and all that kind of stuff, but um, I just hope we do. But I was going to ask you, do, uh, I know you remember, you remember when Rob Ryan was our defensive coordinator? Yep, I sure do. And uh, I think that year we only went, we only won two games, but uh, we had one of the best defenses in the league. 
And my thing is, uh, because that's when Namdi Asenwai first kind of broke out finally and everything, yep. we had mm-hmm. Thomas Howard. Thomas Howard actually went to the same high school that I went to in Lubbock. Nice. Uh, uh, but, um, uh, I mean, if anything goes on in, with Patrick Graham, do you think that they should uh, make him uh, the defensive coordinator? And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I know – uh, we got to go back to that Al Davis way with them big linemen and them good cornerbacks because that's the only way our defense is going to uh, be right. Thank you for the call, Tim. I do appreciate you. And, again, happy birthday, man. It was great to see you on Monday at the Oyo. And, you know, I'd love to see that again, the big linebackers, to see the, you know, the the bump and run, beat them up at the line of scrimmage, those kind of DBs. I mean, that that is what I was a big fan of. And, you know, to answer your question about Rob Ryan, I absolutely believe that if something were to happen with Patrick Graham, Rob Ryan would be the guy. I think that's half the reason why he's here to be 100% honest. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, but I definitely believe that. And as you can hear that music, that means we only have a minute. Now we have less than a minute. Got a couple texts that I wanted to get to real quick. Uh, Dang it. Big JT from Santa Cruz says, Sorry, Q, that should be a crime to sleep with socks on. Me personally, I got to stay cool at night. And then, hey, whatever. And then 707, Q, you made my day. I I too wear socks 24-7, no matter December or July. Wife doesn't like it. Doesn't get it, and I think it's and she thinks it's weird. She just heard your d- discussion as I'm listening, and this proves to her that I'm not the only one. So thank you for that. No problem. I do it all the time. The wife can't stand it either. She's like, "Why do you wear socks all the time?" One, have you seen my dogs? Two, I just want to keep my socks on. It's just what we do. Cassie did tell me last week I need a pedicure. Yeah, see, exactly. I have had a couple of those, and they are nice. 4.56 is the time. Join Clay Baker at Sahara Las Vegas. Chickies and Pete tonight. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.